Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All righty. The NFL season starts 10 days from now. What that means is that's when free agents can start moving. That's when... Oh, teams start with transactions, and it's when the buzz starts to pick up even more. And every uh, weekend between now and the NFL draft, we are going to do, as we are right now, the Ray Didinger NFL Draft Preview. <laughs> oh, I love that music. Yeah, it, it, it even it even works at this time of the year, right? Even oh, when yeah. it's even when it's oh, not yeah. the season, it, 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 it that was it one of the works. brilliant things of the Sables is to associate this kind of great music with football yep genius of sam spence he was yeah, the, he was it, the he was the man who composed all of this yeah and it's really to me it's really um like pavlovian mm-hmm. that i hear this like oh football anyway yep. and all right i'm gonna all these years later it still works i'm gonna sit back listen to you listen to the music okay i am uh i'm gonna sort of argue against myself here for the next minute or two uh, I'm going to talk about the I'm going to talk about the combine. And I'm going to talk about the combine results and what they mean and what they don't mean and how they can how they're meaningless and yet how they have meaning. Okay, so try and bear with me here. Um, the the combine, if anybody's listened to me on the radio, knows that I am I, I uh, it drives me crazy in many ways because I think in in some ways it just leads talent evaluators, general managers, people who should know better down the wrong path, and they put these tests out there. They're all to me very kind of arbitrary. And a guy who was a mediocre college football player can go there and run a fast 40 and all of a sudden become a first-round draft pick, which I've never understood, but you see it happen all the time. And just to support my argument here, I went back and, and, and researched this, and I found the person who, who, set all, who holds all the records in all the various combine, all the various combine activities. Okay? So I'm going to read these names to you. Yeah. And you can tell me if you've ever heard of any of these guys, okay? Because they all went on to the National Football League, and you have to be a real, a, a real draft neck, a real get-down-in-the-weeds guy to know any of these guys, okay? The fastest 40-yard dash, the fastest 40-yard dash was turned in by a guy named John Ross. In yeah, tw- I remember John in, in 2017, okay? Yeah, yeah, receiver. Okay, didn't, yep. Didn't, didn't really pan out. Yes. <laughs> you think? Yeah. He ran a 4-2-2 and wound up being a first-round draft pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. He's been in the league for five years. He's been with two different teams, uh, and he still has not made an impact. The no. top bench press was by a, a lineman named Stephen Pe- okay, in 2011. Don't know him. And did... Um, this is actually pretty impressive. He did 49 reps with a 225-pound bar. That's that is pretty impressive. Yeah. But it didn't translate on the field. He's been in, he went he went to the NFL, played seven years. 
uh, was with four different teams and never made an impact. The top vertical jump was done by a guy named Chris Conley in 2015. Um, Chris Collinsworth? No, no, Conley. Chris Conley, 2015. Uh, Did a 45-inch vertical. Again, impressive. But he's been in the NFL. He went to the NFL, was there for seven years. He's been with three different teams, basically done very little. You know what's interesting about this list you're giving me? Yes. Everybody gets a third chance. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, because, because somebody f- somewhere said, like, you know, he can't play, but he did do 47 reps, so you right. know, let's give him a shot. Yep. Okay. Now we're going to get to the one guy who actually has played. Uh, the, the best broad jump that's been done at the Combine was by Byron Jones, who was a cornerback, um, and he did 12 feet 3 inches, which is pretty good, uh, in 2015. Uh, he was drafted in the first round by the Cowboys. He's played in the league seven years. He's been with two different teams. He's currently with Miami. Has actually has actually turned into a pretty good player. I mean, he's a starting player. He's a legit player. He's the only one. Then you go to the shuttles, the twenty yard shuttle. Oh, the, yeah. t- the top the, the top performer in the twenty yard shuttle was Brandon Cooks in twenty fourteen. Oh. Well, there you go. Well, was, what do you mean here you go? What? I mean, he's, he's, he's twenty fourteen. What's how many pro? You want to know how many Pro Bowls he's been to? I'm guessing none. None, zero. He's okay. <laughs> he's eight years. He's with four. Well, you different... asked me how many of these guys I've heard of. Yeah, you know, no, I've heard of Brandon Cooks. Yeah, well, I mean, um, but in eight, he's this is his eighth year. He's been with four different teams. Most recently, he's with Houston. Yeah. Um, sixty yard shuttle. Shel- <laughs> this na- now this name I know you'll remember because the Eagles drafted him, Sheldon Gibson. Oh gosh, yes. And uh, from twenty in twenty seventeen, yeah, fifth round pick out of West Virginia. Yeah. He was run the best sixty yard shuttle that had ever been done yeah. at the Combines. Played played three years with the Eagles. Uh and and he was he's one he's the one guy that got cut by the Eagles and never got picked up by anybody well, there else. There you go. Okay. And was then he the a three cone uh, pick? What's that? Was he a chip pick? Uh twenty seventeen, yeah, he would have been. Okay. Oh no, no, I guess uh, no, twenty seventeen would have been yeah, that'd be the first year of Doug. Yeah. Yeah. In fact he's probably got a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but but anyway, that's that's the rundown. Now you got all of those guys who did all of these wonderful things in the sprints and the jumps and the cones and all that stuff. Out of all of these guys, you have one guy that made a Pro Bowl. Byron Jones made one Pro Bowl. That's it, and he he only made one in seven years. So got, Ray, uh, in summation, your point is my point is you can't be fooled by what happens in the combine, but. If you see a guy who is a really good player, that you've watched him play in college, you know the guy can play, you know he's smart, you know he can perform, you've seen him, you've seen him for the lack of a better term, play football, okay, and you know he can play football, and then he goes to the combines and, and blows the doors off, then you really got something. Because you already know you got a football player, and now you see that he's got athletic ability on top of it. And three of my Georgia guys uh, have really shown this week. We talked with uh, when we were on with uh, Zach Berman. We talked about Trayvon Walker, the defensive end, uh, 6'5", 275, ran a four five forty, uh, did a thirty five inch vertical, uh, and just was exceptional the whole tr- the whole the whole time in Indianapolis. And just, I think it's bad news for the Eagles because I was thinking of him as an Eagles draft pick at like fifteen sixteen. Mm-hmm. He's not getting out of the top ten now. Uh, and the fact was he played inside at Alabama. Uh, I think he's going to be testing outside as an edge rusher, and I think he'll be even better in the NFL. And the other guy, and we heard him in, in a little update at the top of the hour, uh, he is the talk of Indianapolis, and that's Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle, from again, from Georgia. Um, six feet six. He played at 360 pounds this year at Georgia. Uh, slimmed down to 340, uh, but ran an incredible 478-40. 
I mean, that's, that is just ridiculous. A guy that size could move that fast. But the thing is, he is a really good player. I mean, I saw him play at Georgia. He's really, really good. Uh, and I knew he was fast. I knew he was faster than your typical defensive lineman and quick off the ball. But the fact that he was able to run that kind of time is really astounding. And what, what it really proves is, in an era of pro football, where defensive linemen, especially defensive tackles, are thought of as very often two-down players. You know, when it comes to pass-rushing situations, okay, you got to get him off the field because he yeah. can't rush the quarterback. Yeah. Jordan Davis is a guy who you can invest a very high draft pick in him because he is going to be not a two-down player. You can play him in every situation, and I think he's going to be a major star. I'm only disappointed you didn't say anything about hand size. Oh, yeah, Kenny Pickett. Who's got the biggest hands? Uh, well, I, I don't know who has the biggest hands, but Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pitts, definitely has the smallest hands. He's got little doll hands. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, one more thing. Uh, a guy whose name has come up in our conversations with our callers, uh, a lot of people talking about uh, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah, because everybody's thinking linebackers and would the Eagles draft a linebacker. And a lot of a lot of the draft people have Devin Lloyd listed as their number one linebacker in this draft. I don't. I still like N'Kobe Dean from Georgia. Um, but I have to tell you, if, if you're a combine guy, Devin Lloyd didn't help himself in Indianapolis. Uh, he ran a 4.66, which is, by the standards of people who pay attention to the stopwatch, that's pretty slow. Mm. That's pretty slow. And, he, you know, when they put him through the drills, he was just kind of okay. Um, his, his bench press was just kind of okay. Uh, and then when he got to the 40, he actually kind of bombed out. Now, I don't know how far that's going to drop him, but, I mean, a lot of people were talking about him as a top 10 guy, top 12 guy. I honestly think that what happened in Indianapolis has pushed him down a little bit. He'll still go in the first round, but he's not going to go as high as people thought he was. Can I tell you, that in, in my memory, the three biggest hands I've ever had the opportunity to shake. Mm-hmm. Okay. One is Julius Irving. Mm, yeah. Long. Like his fingers could wrap around you. Yes. One was Gordy Howe. Mm-hmm. Actually, with him, it was more the forearms, but it, it's you, you ever shake hands with Gordy Howe? Oh, yes. I mean, your, your hand just shrinks. And the third was Aikman. Aikman has huge hands. Yeah. Amazing. And it's amazing because he was so bad in the rain. I mean, that's, that, well, that, there you go. That's, huh? that's the argument. And, and it was, was, and we'll admit it. He can't play with a wet football. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that's sort of the counter argument. No, he can't draft a quarterback with small hands because he can't play, can't play in bad weather. Well, Troy Aikman had enormous hands, and he couldn't. And, and his worst games were in, were in inclement weather. I'll tell you that the biggest hands I ever shook was, uh, was William Perry, the fridge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, right? He still has the biggest ring size ever. In a oh, I remember game. seeing a picture of the ring. Yeah. Yes. It yes. Was, it was like crazy. He's like, yeah, a, size, like, like, a, like a size 19 ring or like something. Like a bracelet. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's the biggest hand I've ever shaken. Although, you know, you know who else had an enormous hand? It was Muhammad Ali when I met him. Yeah, I never had that chance either. That's... Uh, I, that's if we ever do the show of who's the guy you never met that you wish you had had the chance to meet, for me, it will always be Ali. Yeah, That's I had it. that opportunity, which was yeah, great. Yeah. But I'll tell you the thing about Ali's hand. When he made a fist, and and he did it, you know, demonstrating some stuff no, to I, me. No, he held it right up to your chin. Yeah, he held it right up to my Who face. Who was you rooting for? <laughs> he, it, I, I swear to God, it looked like a cannonball. I mean, yeah. his fist was and, so big. And hit like one. And sure. That's good. All right, there you go. Let's get uh, good stuff, Ray, with the Ray Dinger draft report. Will be with us every weekend. Bill in Harleysville, you're on with Ray and Glenn. Right, right, right on this topic. I have a, like a quick multi-part question, and my question it starts with: Could the Eagles put together a mutually acceptable package and move up high enough in the draft 
to have a shot at Kenny Pickett. Oh, sure. Okay. They, I mean, if they wanted to. Oh, well, right. So my, so my follow-up to that then would be, would you do that? No. Because I know you're, you've always said Kenny Pickett is the best QB in this draft. I, yes, I, I do believe that, yes. Would you, would you make that move if you could? No. Okay. Okay, so then my follow-up is, given that we don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to prove to be, I, I'm assuming he basically has another season to show that, yeah, he is a guy or, or still could be the guy, or no, we need to look in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it be prudent of the Eagles to take one of the, at least one of their three draft picks and trade it for a, 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 a first-round pick next year so you'd have a little more mobility and freedom to hopefully get maybe a, another quarterback if you yeah. need it that, uh, in next year's draft? I'd be good with that. If they did that, um, and if they don't use it for quarterback, you know, if, if Hertz is that good, use it for something else, I would be fine if they took one of the three court, uh, excuse me, one of the three draft picks and traded it for future value. I would. Gray? Um, maybe, depending on what's on the board. Uh, depending on what's on the board, I, I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but there are so many good defensive players in this draft. I mean, really good, really good, um, that I don't know that I can walk away from any of them. I mean, so, I, I, I would, what I would do is I, I would play it out, um, and let's say, let's say I use 15, 16, and, and take the best player on the board right now, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm, now I'm still holding 19, which I could trade if I want to. Would I do that depending on who's on the board at that time? If there's a player on the board that I really like and I really believe is a fit, and again, I'm thinking defense for a team, then I know what you're saying about trading it for a number one next year and maybe, and, and maybe squeezing an extra pick this year, maybe get somebody, maybe get, have them give you an extra three. Uh, there, I mean, there's, you can argue that. But if there's a guy sitting there that I know, can, I know that is a plug and play that I can bring him in, and he's going to be a fit for our defense. I would take him. I really would, because you can really, you can really change everything about this defense this year in one draft. Because you have the picks, and there are the players. They're there. All right, let's get to Robin Doyle saying, hey, "Let's talk a little baseball." Let's. Uh, well, there is no baseball, but we can still talk about it, Rob. Uh, Patrick McGowan. Yeah, the prisoner. The prisoner. Yes. That was uh, it. Very good odd show way back in the day. Yes, and yes, it was. Um, negotiations aside, uh, I wonder if you guys could speculate about uh, what the Phillies lineup is going to be like, uh, lefty and righty. Wow. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, okay, you just need it by position? Yeah. All right, well, your catcher is, is JT, right? That we know. Yep. Okay. Hopefully, uh, he wasn't great last year. Hopefully, I have a little bit of a bounce back year. Uh, first base is uh, Reese Hoskins. Although they got the DH, so we're gonna Ray. We're gonna put Bohm on first base, and Hoskins is a DH. That's what I would do if the DH does come in. Yeah. Okay. I didn't uh, think it's this. I think it's a it's a done deal with the DH. Oh, the DH is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's the way it goes. I I don't know who. So who's the rest of my infield? I still got Segura under contract, right? Didi's a free agent. Yeah, he's not coming back. Okay, they signed that kid Camargo. I know they have the rookie, but I don't know that he's ready to play. Um, Bryce is in right field. Veerling, they like Veerling. He's going to be one of the outfielders. Uh, and, I, and I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know. Here's the thing. To answer your question. There is going to be, when baseball settles, there is going to be a frenzy because there are hundreds of unsigned free agents 
Um, some of them top line guys, some of them substitutes, some of whom are going to end up in the Philly starting lineup. And basically, to to get to your point, the Phillies don't really they don't have a lineup at this point. Did I miss anybody that you had wanted to mention there, uh, Rob? No, no, not really. Okay. I just uh, I, I'm in a you know I have no idea what I'm going to be watching if I'm going to be watching it. Uh, one more thing is. Uh, my wife sleeps on a 48-year-old mattress, and uh, then I go sleep in a lazy boy. <laughs> well, that's what I'm doing now. So that's why one of the reasons we got a bed, and, and I don't want to get too deep into the woods here, but um, I don't know if you know, Ray knows, that I herniated this disc in my back. So I, our bed is really uncomfortable. Half the nights, like I, I fall asleep in the bed, wake up, and end up moving to the chair. So, Rob, it's not a good way to do. Do what I did. Go buy a bed. Go sink okay. all your money into a bed. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay. All right, you got it. Philly, Philly's lineup, just please tell me, please tell me I'm not going to have to watch Hoskins and Bone be, both be on the field at the same time. Please, please well, tell I don't me. Well, they'll both be in the field, but they'll be in the lineup. Well, I, but I mean, you know, I, I, can't, I can't go another season watching those two. All uh, right, so, Ray, I'm going to let's, let's get back to the great line that you had uh, during the summer. When Hoskins is on first base and Bohm is on third base, mm-hmm. you refer to them as the corner butchers. It was brilliant, <laughs> and I can't go. I cannot go. I cannot go another. I cannot go another baseball season and watch those two guys play the you field. Know, I don't think I Zach just, Wheeler or Aaron Nola can. Either, I, I, so. I just can't. I, I just can't. And All right, I, I, but I, if the DH comes in, that that that's going to be your solution. One of them. One of them will play first, and the other one will be DH. Yeah, it'll be your solution. Except who's going to play third? I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but I'm really not forgetting somebody. There's not like anybody else on the roster that is, is going to crack it. I mean, um, they, 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 they've talked about the possibility of putting Segura at third. Remember they've talked about that well, before. That, yeah, that's fine, but then you need a second baseman. Right. So they, they're definitely going to have to – and they don't have three outfielders. They're going to definitely have to sign guys. Uh, speaking of the Phillies and baseball and signing guys, uh, Todd Zalecki dropped this gem the other day, assuming we ever do get baseball back and you're – Driving in your car, listening right here on 94 WIP. L.A. does the – well, Scott Fransky does all games. L.A. is the color guy in the home games. The road games, it's been Kevin Franson for the last few years. He left for an opportunity to go uh, TV gig in Washington with the Nationals. So, according to Todd Zalecki, the Phillies are closing in on four former Phillies, according to their sources. Now, I have only ever heard one of these guys on the radio, but I have actually interviewed another one of them a few times. I'll give you their names, and then I'll give you my thoughts. Okay. Michael Bourne, remember him, the speedy outfielder? Yeah. Uh, they traded him to Atlanta way back in the day? Yeah. Okay. Chad Durbin, Okay. one of the one of the Durbins that was on the uh, the, the, the team during the run. Mm-hmm. Kevin Stocker. Okay, he, he's done some games. Right. He When they had, like, the three Kevins alternating, he was right. one of the Kevins. And Eric Kratz. Okay. The the catcher. Now, here's the gig. I've interviewed Eric Kratz when uh, we used to go down to spring training when I was doing middays and, and uh, afternoon drive. We went down, and Eric Kratz, while he was never a great player, was a great interview. Oh, okay. His, he was, his family owns... Like one of the companies that makes bacon and turkey bacon, and so he got the nickname Turkey Bacon. <laughs> it's I've, it has, I think he's involved with like the Hatfield Meat oh, okay. Company. And turkey bacon's very good, by the way. If, 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 if you haven't had that, that's really quite tasty. Well, there you go. 
<laughs> from, from, from one guy with a bad heart to another. Is that mm-hmm. what you're trying to say? Yeah, basically. Okay. Anyway, um, Kratz is a guy who has a really good and fun personality and can tell a story. I haven't heard him behind the mic doing color on a game, but if you were to ask me to name former ballplayers, particularly former Phillies, who I would think would be good, he would be right at the top of the list. Okay. So he is my early favorite for a job, and maybe they're, what they're going to do is rotate these guys again until they find the one they want. Mm-hmm. But my early money is on Turkey Bacon Kratz. Okay. So there you go. Okay, well, there you go. Um, yeah, I, you and I have talked before that the guy I would really love to see in there is Ricky Patalico, but mm-hmm. uh, you know I don't think that's going to happen. And as long as he's in the studio doing post game, I'm fine because I always want to get his input. But I would love, to, I would, lo- I would love to, ca- I would love to get him uh, to working as a game analyst because I think he would be just as frank and just as spot on in terms of his analysis um, in the booth as he is in the studio. I would love that, but I know that's not going to happen. All right, quick question, and we'll make this the exit question before we go to the break. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Ricky Patalico. More entertaining after a win or a loss? Oh, loss. Oh, by far. <laughs> Especially when the bullpen blows it. <laughs> well, which was 40-something which times was, which, last yeah, year. Yeah, which was only five times a week, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is great after a loss. His face is, when he and Marshall Harris did it, and I love Marshall, and Marshall would try to, like, find the rosy side Yeah, of it. exactly. I, I love that, too. Ricky would give him a look. <laughs> And it was just, it was great TV. Yeah, the, arch, the arched eyebrow. Yes. Like, are you serious? Smirk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It really was. All right, let's get out. 215-592-9494. We'll take your calls coming up. Ray and Glenn on 94 WIP. And I need to tell you about guided door and window, which means I need to find the read. Here it is. Are you tired dealing with your old drafty windows and doors in your house? I'll bet you are. It is time you finally go guide. The great people at Guide to Door and Window will help make your window and door replacement project more affordable with their buy one, get one half off sale. For every door or window you buy, you get a second one at 50% off, and you can mix and match the savings to suit your own needs. Buy an entry door, get half off a storm door. Buy a patio door, get 50% off a window. If you need to replace all the windows and doors in your house, you save 50% on half your project. The more you need, the more you save. Plus, Guida is making it easier for you to afford your project with no money down and interest-free financing for up to 18 months. Act now. Offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply for full details. Call Guida today. Schedule a free no obligation in home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go G U I D A dot com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage 
to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ray Danger, Glenn Mac. now 94 WIP. Got any big plans today, Ray? Um, yes, my wife and I are going out to see our, uh, our grandson performing. It's uh, the... Archdiocese of Philadelphia Youth Orchestra is having, uh, I guess, their spring concert. Um, oh, nice! And so I'm going to go out and see uh, and see my grandson Emmett uh, play the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? He's ten. Yeah, those concerts are. Uh, uh, at least it's not strings. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's been pl- he's been practicing for a while. Oh, that's um, great! And, oh, you uh, love it, and we'll see. And it's, it, it should be fun to see the kids. It's I, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be at Archbishop Carroll uh, this afternoon, so that's uh, that's where we're going to be. I, nice. I love you know. Listen, I I yeah, I mean we we both have grandchildren, and we know. Uh, yeah, mine plays the viola, and let me tell you, that sounds like cats fighting when they're young. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you know, a little screechy. Well, the uh, the two boys, the two grandsons, are both into music. Uh, Emmett plays the trumpet, and George plays the piano. So nice. That's fun. Oh, wait, how old is George? He's young, right? Uh, yeah, George's like seven. Good for him. Yeah. Wow, that's great. So, nice. um, so yeah, that's that's fun, and, and it's, it's funny. The two the two granddaughters are both jocks. So yeah, you know the two the two boys are musicians, and the two girls are athletes. Oh, I've seen the one the field hockey one with the like you know the tooth guard, and she she's like her dad looks tough. She's good. She's yeah. really good. She's a cat. She's been voted captain of the team for next year for her senior year at Gwinnett Mercy. Very nice. Yeah, so she's done very well for herself. Very nice. And just I turned and going... just turned twenty one, by the way. That's that. That'll age you when you're yeah, when you when one, your, when one of your grandchildren turns twenty one. Yeah, you suddenly feel very old. I was my son last week. It's like, wait, your hair is turning gray. What the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. So yes, it's 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 a thing. I am going down to uh, Wilmington right this afternoon to the mm-hmm. Delaware Theater Company, site of Tommy and Me last October. Yeah, what a great what a great place. We, and uh, we really yeah, love our a, time there. A world premiere musical called Other World, which is apparently going to head to Broadway after this. So I'm looking forward to that. My son-in-law Nathan, as you know, is the production manager there. So yes, indeed. Very, very proud of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Tommy and Me, before we go back to the phones, it's coming back. It is coming back. Uh, the uh, 
Bucks County Playhouse, for the folks in this area that know it, it's uh, a great theater with a wonderful history uh, in New Hope, beautiful setting right there on the Delaware. Uh, and Tommy and me is, um, is, is going to be there, and we're just could not be more thrilled about it. Uh, we open on April the 7th, which is <laughs> frighteningly close, uh, and we're going to do 10 performances through April the 17th. And uh, tickets just went on sale this very weekend. So if you go to the Bucks County Playhouse website, uh, and look for up for Tommy and me. You can order your tickets, and uh, I can't I can't tell you how excited I am. That's coming back. We've got the same cast. We've got the same actors. The same director. Uh, it's the same show you've seen in the past, and uh, I I encourage people to come out because to see it at the Bucks County Playhouse will really really be exciting. Can I claim uh, one of two days? Oh no, I can't do that one. Can I claim a day for my day for the talkback? You want to do it on the air, or off the air? Uh, off the air. Okay, because <laughs> I, I, I got a few people that have already signed up. So okay, I don't, I, so okay. I don't want to. I got. I got to. I got to time it because Passover hits during that thing. So I, I know. Time it. All right, let's go to uh, Kevin. You're on uh, with Ray Glenn. Hey, Kevin. Hi. How you doing? Just All a right. quick one. Uh, early in your segment, you talked about trades that transform the city in terms of yeah. the team. I got a couple. One, and I got a couple. One that took them to a different level in terms of worse, and other one better. Uh, the Will Chamberlain trade was a um, back to terrible trade, but it changed the direction of the Sixers for a long time. Um, and then I know one that uh, the other one was Julius Irving. Getting Julius Irving. Remember the Julius Irving and the excitement that the city had when he came to this town. Was it a trade or was it a – I don't mean to, to quibble. Was it a trade it or a free agent? It was a trade, design? but it was him coming to town because I think the Sixers claimed his rights when he yeah, was with the ABA. Ray, yeah, you, they, would, you would know the They bought out his here. contract from the yeah. Nets. Yeah. There yeah. were two different leagues then. It was the ABA and the NBA, so it wouldn't have the been a trade. Yeah, they just bought yeah. out his contract. But I was thinking about athletes that came here that transformed the city in terms of what he did. And then Pete Rose. For sure. Coming to Philadelphia. Again, not a trade. I mean, it was a free agent no, not signing. A trade, but, but athletes that came here yeah. and transformed the organization. But trading yeah. Will Chamberlain was a trade. That was absolutely, and it took the Sixers in a very different direction. Yeah, they traded him for, for garbage, right? Well, they, they got Archie, got M. Hawk Archie, and Archie Clark. Archie Clark was and a I good think player. Cap Haston was the other one. Yeah, you I know think. what? That reminds me of when the Sixers and thanks heaven when they traded Barkley mm-hmm. and basically got a bunch of junk. Yeah, they got uh, multiple players. They got multiple. Oh, Hornacek's going to be good. He never. He didn't care and, about. And it Tim Perry was a you know was an okay player from from Temple. But I mean, yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> but you're talking Barkley. about you're talking about Charles Barkley, yeah, yes. an all timer. Yeah, yeah, seems like that. I mean, the the general rule of trades is whoever gets the best player wins the trade. Right, right. I I can get three average players, but I, if I give you a very good player, you win. Yep. And that's how that's how that works. It's, it's, it's I mean, it's so simple. It sounds so simple on its face, but that's. I remember talking to you. You don't trade great players. You just you just don't because you never win those trades. Yeah, well, sometimes it's forced, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes circumstances force you to do it, but you you never you always think, well, we we'll get you multiple, you know, get three guys. Well, no. It, it, if you if you've given up one great player, what are the chances that any of these guys are going to be that? They're not. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that general rule of thumb, and it's 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 well worth following. Jason in Maine is with us, way up in Maine. Where are you living out in Maine, Jason? Uh, I'm in Bangor, not too far from uh, Lewiston, where that famous fight was. The one, oh, there. gosh, oh, yeah. Phantom Punch. Yeah. 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 One thing I will say about Maine is they got great beer up there. There's a lot of it. There oh, is. Maine Lunch, one of my favorites. Anyway, what's up? <laughs> so I wanted to talk about Gritty, but before that, uh, I remember uh, Mike Mamula was a star at the Combine. I think he set the bench press record. And the night he was drafted, G. Cobb said, you got to watch these guys that look like Tarzan and play like James. And it's pretty true. 
So. Yeah, right. He was, and, and I remember Sports Illustrated did a whole big feature on it. He was the first of the guys that trained specifically for the Combine, that, did, that, that practiced all of those drills, that they knew all the drills he was going to be asked to run, and went to a sports academy and practiced those particular skills and got really good at them. And he went there and, and had a tremendous workout. But I, I will say this about Mamula. Um, he would have been... There are people that tell you that he was nobody knew who he was, and just at the combine he became a star. No, he was a good player at Boston College. I mean, he had a Boston College had a big upset win at South Bend against Notre Dame that year, and he had three and a half sacks in that game. So, uh, and he had a, a big bowl game against Kansas State. So he was a good player. Now he wouldn't have been drafted top ten probably, but the idea that he was a total came out of nowhere combine creation. That's not entirely accurate. Right, but the other aspect of it that everybody remembers is when they made the trade and they traded down with Tampa, they lost the opportunity to get the guy that Tampa took with that pick who only turned out to be a Hall of Famer, Warren Sapp. Right, but there, were the, but that was, there was all the drug stuff with, with Warren yeah, Sapp Yeah, that's at the true. Time. Well, they probably would have. They, they, I think that scared them off more than anything. It may have, but didn't scare off Tampa, and they got a Hall and of Famer. And they got a great player, right. Yeah. What else you got? Yeah, I, as far as I, I hear you guys complain about Gritty a lot, and it sounds to me like, hey, Gritty, get off my lawn. And I, I just feel like it's misplaced because, like, well, it's not. You don't, it's, you don't it, play here, big shot. Well, no, here's what it is. Big shot for the ruling trade or, or the fanatic for how bad the Phillies are. Well, no, but here, because here's what it is. The. And I, I don't know how much you, you follow the flyers from there and how much you follow the social media and, and, and all of that, but. The Flyers have tried to escape their horrible play and terrible decisions by waving Gritty in front of you as a distraction. Um, th when they lost, and I'm trying to get the details right, about a month ago when they lost their 13th game in a row or whatever, set the franchise record for futility, was the same day that they blasted all over their social media that there was a new video game where, vid where Gritty, you were uh, on the video game, I believe, if I have this correct, you, the player, were dressed as a hot dog and Gritty was chasing you to eat you. And I'm thinking, this isn't really what you ought to be focusing on now. And that's the problem with Gritty. I, I get that, but I'm not, I, I don't think any of us know that that's intentional. I mean, you, you Well, you've got to be smarter than that. Yeah, if if it's not intentional, it's just dumb. If, yeah, if it, but the marketing department's going to do their thing. Well, uh, somebody's got to monitor stop. that. Yeah, they just. Yeah, I, 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 I know you're. Yeah, I, I mean, I heard you. You're trying to make the comparison to the fanatic. I mean, the the fanatic it w was just an enhancement to the show. The Phillies were the show. The Phillies in the '70s, when they brought when they brought the fanatic aboard, <laughs> were a team with Steve Carlton and, and Mike Schmidt and Larry Boa and Greg and, and Gary Maddox. I mean, they were a really really good baseball team, a playoff baseball team. And they brought the fanatic in as an enhancement, as a sideshow, as somebody to, to, to interest the kids and amuse the kids. The, the trouble is with the Flyers and Gritty is, the, with the Flyers, Gritty is the show. You know, that's, that's the whole point. They're making him, if the fanatic was just fun for you when you were at the ballpark, he was, one, he was part of a sideshow. The Flyers want Gritty to be the show because he's the one marketable thing that they have. And that's, and that, and that's the point that Glenn and I keep making, and that's why, that's why the, whole, the whole gritty thing really, really bothers us. I get it. I just think it's chicken and egg because they just happen to be incompetent at team building, and they, they, actually, they happen to hit a home run with gritty no. almost accidentally. I think, and thanks, Jason. Uh, thanks I think it. they'd be wise to, to back off on it. So, no, they're not going to because gritty stuff no. sells. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what they got to sell. Right. It sells more than jerseys. It sells more than anything else they got. 
I understand it. It doesn't mean I have to like it. Irene in the Northeast is with us. Hello, Irene. Hello, guys. How are you? All Hi. right. I wanted to uh, comment on the Ben Simmons issue, um, the mental health. Um, I, now, let me preface this by saying nobody can say for sure whether or not he has an issue or not. But my opinion, I've had some mental health experience. I think he's suffering from a false sense of entitlement because he doesn't seem to be having a problem now. And all of a sudden he has to come back to Philly and he's got a back issue and he can't play. Uh, I think that he's done a big disservice to um, those who suffer from mental illness. And he missed a great opportunity to take that. He doesn't have to disclose his issue. He could have just said personal reasons. But once you put it out as mental health, I think, especially as an athlete, you have an obligation to turn that around. And mental health has such a stigma. Mm -hmm. You know, people have mental health issues. It doesn't mean that mental health issues have to have them. And I think he just missed a wonderful opportunity to say, hey, I'm an athlete, I'm famous, I'm successful. And I have mental illness. You're not a freak in nature because you have mental illness. And I think it's just that. And, and if he used it as an excuse for his immaturity, I think, like yeah. you said, it, it's disgusting. And, and very nicely said by you. Thank you. And thanks for checking in and thanks for sharing that. I mean, you know, one of the issues with Simmons was the timing of it, which you never heard anything about it until the Sixers said, well, we're not going to pay you, gonna pay you right. to not play. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way. I've got this thing, and so it just—it never rang true. So nobody wants to, nobody wants to question people who have a mental illness. We've been through that with other athletes in this town. With Ben, it just seemed kind of opportunistic. Yeah, it just seemed that. all too convenient. Yeah. And that's and and if that's really what was at work, and I don't know the man, but I certainly—that's certainly the conclusion that I drew. Then I think it's a—it's an—it's an awful thing to do for the people and the for the people that really deal with it and families that really deal with it. I think it's just an awful, awful thing to do. All right, we'll come back. We'll grab a few calls. We'll find out from our producer Vince Quinn what we forgot to talk about today. Kyle Quinn, that's the better of the Quins. <laughs> cousins, correct cousins. There you go. Oh, how about that? Yeah, he's the better cousin. Uh, we'll forgot what we forgot to talk about today. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mac, now on ninety-four WIP. All right, Ray, let's grab a few calls and then uh, find out what we forgot to talk about today from our producer, Kyle Quinn. Andy, Mount Laurel, what's on your mind today? Hey, fellas, good to talk to you guys. It's been a while, but always a pleasure, man. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, you got it. Um, I like that Philly pick. Uh, I know we shouldn't prioritize on an offensive lineman, but Polynesian Wall right there, Maialata, Sayamalu. Foley and Opeta is a backup. That's that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good <laughs> bunch of talent on the offensive line. But I'm not worried about the offensive line, guys. I think we're going to be in good shape, healthy, and I think we got good backups. But I agree with you guys. We got to get three picks on defense. I know Hutchinson's not going to be there. I damn right know Thibodeau's not going to be there. Jordan Davis hopefully might slide down, but I doubt it. But Hey, Jermaine Johnson caught my attention. I like this kid, Ray yep. and um, and Glenn. He he's got good size, six five, two sixty. I, I think he I think he could really fit in with the Eagles uh, defense as a good edge rusher. Um, Dean is going to slide down with his size. I think he's six foot two twenty five. I think that's pretty generous. 
But I think that would be an excellent pickup, Ray. I agree 100% with you. Yeah, I love I him. I love him. And I think, oh. I think, when they, I, I think he's... Got to go, Andy. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I think he's going to be... I don't, think, I don't even think he's going to measure six. They, they list him at six to six one, and I think he's more like 5'11", which will scare teams off. But he's... He, to me, he's the best linebacker in the bunch. I mean, I liked him better than Lloyd, uh, and I still do. I mean, that's... I have seven. I have seven of the Georgia defensive players going in the first two rounds. Wow! Which originally I thought, you know, that's just me because I really like Georgia. But but to be honest with you, given the way they've tested and looking, even in a really loaded defensive class, I think they're going to have seven guys go in the first two rounds. I really do. I'd like to see the Eagles get at least one of them. Doug in Ottsville. What's on your mind, Doug? Yeah, I, so this is a question for both you guys. Do you think that if we switch to Minshew, we lose any more games than we had? With Hertz next year. That's my yes. first question. Uh, the answer, I, the would, fact, I would say yes. So? Right. All right. Right. Yeah, you want to answer that one? Uh, the question is, if they if they went with Minshew last year, next no, year, no, this coming year, this coming year, they would lose more games. Yeah. Yeah, I think they would. Okay. Second question. Okay. All right. I, I just, I, I would, I would actually like to see Minshew more with our receivers to see what we have. I like Hertz. I think he's got upside. But my question is, you know, is is Quez Watkins better with somebody more accurately throwing the ball. You know who who knows. You know we all know Rager's not good, but like yeah, like and, and I hear you. And, the- and and you know it's a question we've been over a lot. And to me, it's just I want to see Hurts. I want to see his upside. I want to give him one more year. If it doesn't happen, then next year we'll see what's available. But um, I want to. I liked what I saw from a kid who's twenty three years old, and I don't want to throw it all away because of the bad playoff game. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem. His worst game he played all year was the last game he played, and that's what that's what people are thinking about when they talk about him. But I mean, you look back over it, you look back over the year, um, and how much he improved in one year's time. It's significant. It, it really is. I mean, he went from a fifty percent completion guy to a sixty-one percent completion guy, uh, and I think I think there's something there, and I think you got to give it another year to develop. All right, last caller of the day is John. What is uh, what's up, John? Guys, great show. I said two things. Um... One comment, one petty grape. Uh, first of all, wasn't Jaworski a trade? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They traded him. They traded him to the Rams for the rights to Charlie Young. That was one of the best trades, right? That was a good one. Yeah. I mean, Ronnie came in and took it to the playoffs four straight years. He was a really good player. Okay. I know you're uh, one petty grape. Um, two quick questions: Do the um, do the Knicks play in Times Square? The Knicks play in Madison Square Garden, which is not Times Square. Yes. Do the do the uh, Lakers play in Hollywood? They play in Inglewood? They play in Inglewood. Yes. Why do the Heat play in South Beach? I, I can't answer this question. I'm not sure why I, why I would care. I mean, nationally, everyone says the Heat play on South Beach. It's a small area on the beach. The Heat play nowhere near South Beach. Okay. It's like I, saying I, the I, Heat play on Fort Lauderdale. I, this seems like an issue that I'm not going to lose sleep <laughs> over. So there you go. When people, uh, you know, when when the cool people think of Miami, they think of South Beach. That's I know, it. and and in the NBA, it's all about being cool. Uh, it's fine. I didn't. That this was not important to me. But let us find out from our producer Kyle Quinn. Yes. What issues we failed to cover today? Well, fellas, we did a lot of yearning today over the Flyers of old, and uh, I mean, I know things are pretty bad with the organization right now, but this this should warm the hearts of some. Former Flyer Wayne Simmons played his 1,000th NHL yeah. game last night in, in his uh, his hometown, Toronto, against the Canucks. They did lose, though. Uh, yeah, well, that's Toronto. I, I loved Wayne Simmons when he was here. He was he was a really solid play. They got him from Mike Richards. He played what like seven years here, maybe eight years here. Um, always scored twenty to thirty goals. Won the 
Messier Award, if you recall that one, for leadership in the league. Just was a real solid guy and a good player and tough. Ooh, yeah. Very tough. He's yeah. uh he's my favorite uh hockey player of all time. No question. No, oh, that's is not that a right? bad pick. No, that's he I mean, I, I liked him a lot. Um when I got the chance to watch him see him more when he came here, I knew he was a tough guy. Uh, but when he came here and I got a chance to see him on a regular basis, I began to appreciate what a good player he was. I mean, yeah. he, was, he, was a much, he was a much better hockey player than I gave him credit for. Yeah, he yep. pretty much is the Flyers for me, Wayne Simmons. So always yeah, will, uh, always they, will have luck. They could use guy. a few of those right now. <laughs> oh, and a thousand could. games, good for him. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's a career. Yep. Congrats to Wayne Simmons. And uh, we also mentioned today, guys, we were uh, talking about the potential replacements for Kevin Franson because he's leaving for Washington. It's actually Scott Fransky's 50th birthday today, guys. Wow. Really? Yeah. He carries it well, Ray. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> the youngish 50. Yeah. Good for him. Mm. All right. So happy birthday uh, to Scott. Larry, Larry Anderson, what, 51? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> okay. All right, Ray. You might want to uh, shield your ears for this one. This is a uh, John Heyman tweet from yesterday about uh, one of the potential proposals for MLB expansion. They're actually going to meet again today in Manhattan, so I've heard. But uh, this is brutal. So John Heyman tweets, Players Union agreed to 12-team postseason, but would consider at least one 14-team option, okay? Five-game first series, seed number one gets a bye. Now here's where it gets awful. Seeds two and three start with, quote-unquote, ghost wins versus seeds six and seven. So they would start the series up one to nothing. The MLB prefers 14 teams, but has said no to five-game first series and ghost wins. So this is an MLBPA proposal, yeah. and from what I'm hearing, uh, frontlined by one Max Scherzer. Uh, Rhea, I'll let you uh, do the comment. No, I, 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 I no comment. <laughs> That's just so preposterous. It's just, it's just so preposterous. Why don't you just let everybody in? Okay, don't even eliminate anybody. Just you know, play the season and then play the postseason and let all the teams in. And and you know and ghost half. I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Give a free win while you're at it. Oh it's, yeah. It's so it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, to me, the, to me, the way to make the game better, the, it, it's, it's not that hard to figure out. I mean, it's just, but they, they just aren't willing to do it. They're, they're caught up in the minutia, and that's what's frustrating everybody. Yep. So, that's uh, good. I like the way Ray wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to uh, end the nah, show on the, uh, that note for Ray. Oh, one last thing real quick, because this was kind of the talk of the week. Huge, huge buildup for this one. These Duke fans spent thousands and oh. thousands of dollars to uh, go to go to Cameron, see yeah. the man Coach K. And it ended in catastrophe. They lost to their heated rivals, North Carolina. They actually kind of got blown out. They yeah, did. lost badly. They did. And I, lo- I looked it up. They were a 12-point favorite going into Actually, a 12.5-point favorite going into that game. And they lose, they lose that game and is, fi- and is going away to North Carolina. Awesome. It, could not, it could not have gone worse. <laughs> Ray, I believe the three of us are all smiling at that. Yeah, yes. yeah, it was. It's uh, there is there is justice in the world. I mean, Coach K loses his last game in Cameron, and the same week that Herb McGee wins his last game at uh, at Gallagher Fieldhouse out there at Jefferson University. So there is justice in the world. Yeah, I'm delighted. The, I'm, the good you know, guys do win every so often. Every once in a while, there you go, Kyle Quinn. Great job by you, uh, Ray. I well, you and I are both off next weekend, so uh, I will be seeing you next. I guess at the Eagles Town Hall we are doing on Wednesday the 16th. Right. Stay tuned. I'm, I hear rumors that Jack Fritz is going to carry you through the afternoon. No kidding. That's the rumor. So everybody enjoy that uh, and enjoy the week. Ray and I appreciate you listening. Stay right here on 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.